Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Are you looking to plan and book an upcoming Disney vacation? Contact the Tierra Talk Show's official travel agent, James from Destinations in Florida, by visiting destinationsinflorida.com backslash tiara for a free quote. The link is also included in the show notes on our website. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop-de-doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, voiceover artist Corey Burton to the show. Welcome, Corey. Well, hello, once again. (laughs) I know, we spoke a couple years back on my other talk show. We were just talking about this off air. I had another talk show, and now you're on my new one, which is great. I'm so glad we had some time to to talk today. (laughs) Oh, yes, in the 21st century. (laughs) Well, I I first wanted to bring up something. Um, My first episode was actually with the director, Jerry Reese, who directed Back to Neverland, and you worked on this project. It's a short film for listeners who have not heard of it before I suggest watching it on YouTube if you get a chance with Robin Williams and Walter Cronkite and it's about the animation process and they use Peter Pan as an example and if I'm not mistaken this is actually one of your first projects that you got to work on for Disney um for Disney uh, theme parks yeah it sort of connected me with the incoming feature animation group Kirk Wise and uh, and uh, and Gary Trousdale were that was the, one of their first Disney animation projects. Well, they also oh, oh they they did the uh, the Cranium Command, which is another yeah. project you got to work on too, as general knowledge. I love yes, that one too. <laughs> yes, and uh, and yeah, so uh, I go back with Jerry. <laughs> you know, forever. He always does superb work and is just a delightful person to work with. He actually chose you to be one of the voices in the film as the voice of Captain Hook. And also you did some audio here and there for Robin and Walter Cronkite occasionally. Yeah, I did I did all the scratch tracks for both of them. And in fact, that's, that's one of my showbiz stories uh, where... Uh, uh, Disney feature animation used me for years to experiment with casting ideas because I do a lot of impressions, a lot of different style characters. So they'd call me in <clears throat> in development uh, to try on various voices. And for Return to Neverland, um, they wanted to hear how the lines sounded and how it all fit together to sort of uh, fine-tune the lines. I was uh, invited by the show producer, Bob Rogers, to come watch them shoot the piece uh, on set. 
And and I thought, okay, I'll I'll sit in the background and I'll I'll be an extra and watch them work. Well, I didn't know <laughs> that Robin and Walter had been given the animatic, the pre-production um, storyboard, you know, in with video and and sound, not full animation, but just the pieces to see how it all played together so uh anyway i showed up early in the morning it was like on a weekend it was like a saturday or sunday morning early and uh spotted uh, jerry and and my friend bob rogers and bob starts waving to me (laughs) and he says oh come on over here he was there with with walter and and robin (laughs) and he said um come on over here and okay and i walked up and he he said yeah uh, walter is dying to meet you he's been listening to your voice for two months your impression (laughs) of him i was flabbergasted i thought oh no (laughs) and uh he couldn't have been nicer He, he said uh it's very nice to meet you, young man. I don't know why I even bothered showing up. You sounded exactly like me. And then, the most surreal turn of events, he suddenly looked in, into my eyes and he said, how did you get into doing voices for a living? And I thought, oh my God, I'm being interviewed by Walter Cronkite. Well, And as the day went on, um, they were mostly working on ideas uh, with Robin because, you know, he loved to improvise and improve things. Um, but Walter's lines were all pretty cut and dried. And, you know, <laughs> Walter Cronkite, he, he does one thing. So <laughs> he didn't have much to do. Now, I'm a fan of old radio and, and broadcasting and a fan of his. Uh, and... It's, he was just sitting by himself, kind of bored most of the day while they were setting up shots and working with Robin. And we ended up just hanging out together all day. And he, what a funny man. Best day of my life. And wow. then I got to chat with Robin. <laughs> what did he think of your of your impersonation of him? Well, he, he didn't comment directly, although he was just a wonderful to me, so respectful and, and was a fan of the great voice actors that, that I was a fan of and knew and worked with. Um, but a very uh, touching moment in between shots, uh, his son, uh, Zach, was just a toddler at the time, I guess. And uh, showing him the the set and how things were done and and what they were working on, well, they had a VHS tape of of that animatic where I had done Walter and Robin's voices, and he said, "Oh, see, this is this is what Daddy did. This is what Daddy is doing right now," and and he played. He had them play the animatic piece with my impression of of him. His son said, "Oh, that's that's cool, Dad. It's funny, you know." And and Robin didn't say a word. He didn't say, "Oh, that's somebody else doing my voice," you know. Nothing. And 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 it was 
accepted as as authentic enough sounding that he didn't have to make any excuses or explain. And I, I couldn't have been more flattered and touched. Did you ever get a chance to voice something for Walter or Robin later on in the future? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I did, I, I did all the scratch lines for the genie uh, for Aladdin. They, they had me also sort of interpolate the lines. It's like, where do you think Robin would go? Where do you think Robin would go with this line? Or what, what are the kinds of things he would say? And I was always a big fan, so I had some ideas. But I was told years later, the line at the end of the film came from my ad lib. They, they, they borrowed that line where he says, uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm history. And I ad lib. No, I'm mythology. Again, the list that you have and your credits is just endless. One of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the show this week is to discuss Atlantis, The Lost Empire, which is one of my favorite, one of my personal favorite Disney animated films, came out in 2001. And you are the voice of Gaetan Moliere, a, a very different Disney character. I don't think we've seen anybody like him up to now. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he really uh, sort of broke the mold for Disney in many ways. Uh, uh, the film in general broke out of the the, the standard uh, protocols for for Disney feature animated films. And probably one of the reasons it wasn't that well received when it first came out, it was designed to be the first non-musical uh, animated feature from Disney. But just as with Return to Neverland, um, I was initially just brought in on Atlantis to play around with voice ideas. My being cast in the final version, the final soundtrack as Moliere was a complete surprise. You know, I, I never landed the actual roles. I would just do the scratch tracks. So when did you find out that you were officially the voice of Gaetan Moliere? Oh, probably a year, two years into production. And then there was a session a couple of years in where they said, all right, now, well, now you're, you're going to be in the finished film as this character. Along with you, there was an all-star cast, Michael J. Fox, Cree Summer, Don Novello, Phil Morris. So many people were working on this film. And did you ever get a chance to bump into them in the studios at all while recording I, or getting ready to record a scene? I would briefly, briefly encounter some in like the lobby of the soundstage uh, at Disney. Uh, I saw, you know, James Garner uh, um, at the end of one of his sessions as I was walking in. We didn't, we didn't work together. Most feature animation voice tracks are are as they in the film business they say shot recorded solo i uh, didn't meet the the rest of the cast until the uh, the 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 first uh, screening and then uh, michael j fox uh, i didn't meet him till the premiere in in many ways it's uh, it, it's a minor masterpiece 
and I was just so proud to be a part of it. I mean, myself and Phil and, and you know the rest of the cast. After that screening, we we were so excited. So you know what? We're part of a classic now, and one day it, I'm sure, will be regarded as such. It was actually a successful film. It made good money and got uh, overall good critical reviews. <laughs> the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a chance that Atlantis could be revived as a live action film, who would you like to see play Moliere? Oh, <laughs> that's that's an interesting question. Um, there's some very fine character actors. Somebody like Jack Black could probably do a good job. Also thinking, although I don't know if he does accents, uh, uh, Richard Kind, very funny character actor who I think could do a good job at it. That would be very nice to... Uh, to see something like that happen, I think it Me would. Me too. I would agree. I think it would that. work very well as a live-action film. Uh, it was kind of intended to be in the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea vein initially, design-wise. Probably would be a hit right out of the box as a live-action feature. It seems to me that Don Hahn might have told me, I don't know, I could just be imagining it, but he, he might have told me at one point that they had, they, they had to cut it down from a five-hour film because they just had so much. And they had such a great creative team of animators and storyboard artists and designers. What is one of your favorite scenes in the film, in the, in the completed film, that you really enjoyed? Oh, uh, well, especially in the recording, I, I loved the, uh, the eating scene, the, 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 the campfire uh, <laughs> scene where Moliere is uh, stuffing his face. And I, I love real sound effects. <laughs> I just uh, ran over to the, the table where they had all the snacks and things set up and said, okay, now what's going to make noise? All right, uh, so here's some crispy cookies. Here's, here's uh, some celery, some carrots, oh, a little bread. And I stuffed it in my mouth and, <laughs> <laughs> and I was talking and chewing and spitting all over the place. <laughs> And, uh, of course, uh, Moliere was so disappointed because he wanted the escargot. If you could have gone to Atlantis, if it was a real place to begin with, where do you think you'd first start off exploring? Oh, uh, well, again, being a techno geek, I would want to, uh, I, I would want to go to their, 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 their science uh, and technology archive <laughs> there. That's, that's what I would have wanted to see is how how this unique lost cultures technology uh, was developing and and all the the wonders that they had formulated but I wanted to end the show again with my three Disney questions I always ask my guests I call them the fab three so we'll start with the Donald question which mm -hmm. is what Disney film was one of your favorites to watch over and over again Oh, not not to be sacrilegious to the the original uh, Disney era, but uh, Aladdin is still one of my favorite movies of any kind of all time. I think that film 
is just entertaining from the first frame to the last. It's just, it's just the most terrifically fun, entertaining, perfectly produced films ever. And our goofy question, and this is excluding any Disney characters that you have voiced in the past and presently, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Hmm. Let's see. I mean, well, of course, my mind is is locked on Atlantis. Uh, I think I would be great friends with Vinny. He just has such a wonderful positive attitude while blowing things up. <laughs> <laughs> a very mellow attitude to what is really occurring, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a great sense of humor. The most important thing in life, I think. And our Mickey question, if I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Oh, well, Walt's favorite, When You Wish Upon a Star. But I have to thank you so much for coming on the show, Corey. This was a lot of fun to speak with you again because we haven't spoken in, I think, three years. And I love Gaetan Moliere. So I want to wish you a happy 15th anniversary. And thank you for really, I mean, championing uh, Atlantis as as the wonderful work of entertainment that it is. And I think uh, because of your continuing interest and support, it has a much greater likelihood of re-emerging and getting the respect and, and love that uh, it deserves. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Corey. We'll have to do this again sometime, but we're going to be heading off to Neverland right now. <laughs> Back to Neverland! Resist.